0: John chapter 21, verse 4. It says, Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said, Cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes for he was naked and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in on the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. Now this is the second miraculous catch that we have in the scriptures. The first one is captured in in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus first calls Peter to follow him. Again, it was a disappointing night, no fish. And Jesus says to him, try one more time. I think it's a word we all get from time to time from the Lord, try one more time. And when they tried that one more time, in these both settings, they, they caught more fish than they, could, they knew what to do with. And so there's a lot of similarities between what happened in Luke when Jesus was calling Peter and the scripture that we have today in John 21. But there is one gigantic difference that is very notable. And that was how Peter responded To both miraculous catches. At the first catch. The nets are ripping. They're pulling in the catch. Peter had heard Jesus preaching. Peter had sensed Jesus was calling him. And Peter's response to this miraculous catch. Peter said to the Lord. Get away from me. For I am a sinful man. I always thought that was a curious response because I think I would have responded with, Peter, uh, Jesus, do you want to go fishing again on Tuesday? (laughs) But he said, get away from me. I am a sinful man. Fast forward three years. Again, a night, catching no fish. Jesus appears on the shore and says, try again. Again, a miraculous catch. But instead of Peter saying, Get away from me, Peter jumps into the sea to swim to the shore. He could not even wait for the boats to take him. He swims to the Lord. So, what changed? What changed between the first catch and three years later, the second catch? My relationship with your pastor, Stan Copeland, goes back to fifth grade when he was appointed to be the youth pastor of First United Methodist Church of Henderson, Texas. And he was appointed to be my youth pastor. He was my youth pastor for fifth and sixth grade. Then after that, we got another youth pastor for my seventh and eighth grade. Then we got another youth pastor for ninth and tenth grade. And then Tom Hutzpeth became my youth pastor in eleventh grade. And in that time, we even got an interim pastor, Scott Dornbush, for a season. And so, yes, I had five youth pastors in my six years. And Stan said to me the other day, he says, What do you think that said about you and the other youth? (laughs) But it was during that youth time when I first sensed Jesus calling me. Calling me to be... To serve in the church calling me to be a pastor I remember a ninth grade mission trip where we took down to uh, Brownsville we worked on a house there and then one night we went and visited a a refugee camp and so this would have been in the in the late 1980s Central America was on fire with what we ironically called a Cold War and there was refugees that were fleeing the violence in Central America, and they were being received in, in this refugee camp. And we went to spend an evening with them. We, we played basketball with these, with these young kids, and I learned that the word for foul in Spanish was the same. But I also discovered that their definition of what is a foul was different from my definition of what is a foul. But after a time of playing basketball, we we ate and and we heard stories. And one of those young men, well, a youth, uh, shared his story. And this was all being shared in Spanish and interpreted to us in, in English. And he was asked, and what of your parents? And the young man made a sign that none of us needed interpretation for. When asked what came of your parents, he said, I, as a ninth grade boy from Henderson, was horrified. My, my, my bubble burst. And, and I remember thinking, people need to know about this my government needs to know about this so they can help. And, you know, later I found out that our government knew a lot about that. I also remember saying somebody should do something. Somebody should do something. And I think now for, you know, going on 30 plus years, I still find myself trying to do something for that young man. So my life was changed on this short-term mission trip. So I returned from that mission trip, and I told everyone absolutely nothing. Because I was still in a, get away from me, Lord for I am a sinful man, stage. Went on to college and part of my running from the Lord or trying to discover what I was doing, my poor parents, I had four different majors and six different degree programs before I graduated. (laughs) All trying, all in my way of saying, get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. But it was the summer after my sophomore year, I had discovered that I could get rid of a full year of Spanish class by spending six weeks in Mexico. I said, sign me up. (laughs) Went to Puebla, Mexico, to La Universidad de las Americas. Had a fantastic six weeks there. And as I was leaving Puebla, going back to Mexico City, and I'd stayed some extra time to do a little travel, so I was traveling by myself and not with the group. I was on just a local bus, and it was about a two-and-a-half-hour bus ride. I was going around the uh, volcano, Popocatépetl and entering into these little towns on the edge of this volcano, and I saw God. I had an encounter with God in in an intense way that I had never had that intense of an encounter with God before or since. I'm convinced it had nothing to do with what I ate. But in the trees, I could could just see God in nature. In the people on the bus with me, I could see them being made in the image of God we went by this town and I saw this mother in an abandoned building with a cut out window in this stone with no sort of glass or any kind of window in it and she was bathing her 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 baby in just a, a tub and you could tell there was no running water and I could see Jesus there the closest thing that I can, I've seen that can describe it or capture it, if you've ever seen the movie The Matrix, and at the end of it, Neo just kind of gets things, and he sees how everything really is. All the disguises were gone. All the facades, all the fantasy was gone, and I could see what really was. I could see God in creation. I could see God in every person have not had that experience that intensely since. And so I came back to a and after that intense encounter and I told everyone absolutely nothing about it. For I would still, get away from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man. It wasn't till my second year in the Peace Corps. It was a two-year and three-month commitment and I knew I'd be coming home in another year. and, And Stan shared yesterday how he knew I was either going to be a politician or a preacher. And I, too, was exploring those two callings. And the more and more that I explored it, I felt God pushing me away from being a politician and calling me more to be a pastor. But I was still... Get away from me, Lord. So one night, I was in prayer, and I asked the Lord, Lord, speak to me. I need to know. What would you have me do? And so I did what many people may say is not good Christian practice, but it's what I did. I prayed, and I said... And it opened to Proverbs 16, 3, which reads, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. I'm going to ask you to help me with that, with a kind of call response. I'll say, commit your work to the Lord and you respond and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So I knew what that verse meant. I knew it was for me to apply to seminary, and I knew it was to go into the ministry. And so I applied to seminary. Now, I was making $200 a month as a U.S. Peace Corps volunteer. Many of you are aware that Southern Methodist University costs more than $200 a month. (laughs) But remember, commit your work to the Lord and... Your plans will be established. So I applied, I got in. Not only did I get in, but I got a full scholarship with a $5,000 stipend to help me buy my books. Commit your work to the Lord, and. But I still, I was gonna need a car, I was gonna need food, I was gonna need a place to live. And as it turned out, that youth pastor of mine just got appointed on April 1st, 20 years 20 years ago, April 1st of that that year to be the pastor of a church 15 minutes away from SMU (laughs) and they were remodeling their sanctuary many of you have been around long enough to remember that season you were worshipping in Asbury Hall because your sanctuary was under Uh, being remodeled and the director for outreach ministry David McLaurin came from a a Construction background and Stan had tasked him to be in charge of the construction project and he needed an assistant for outreach now Stan shared yesterday that he got a call from Ecuador, but actually he called me because I know that because I couldn't make calls from Ecuador I would go into town an hour away and sit by a phone and wait for phone calls. But this day, I I said, well, I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to travel the half an hour more to check my mail, where I got my mail, an hour and a half away. So I took a bus ride a half hour away. I got my mail. I was coming back to wait for Stan's phone call that afternoon. I think he was calling probably around 2 p.m., And as I was returning from Quevedo to El Empalme, where I received that phone call, the banana workers had gone on strike. Now, it doesn't sound like that would affect me. But how they strike in Ecuador is they shut down transportation. Between the time I traveled from El Empalme to Quevedo to check my mail and on the way back, there was a pile of green bananas higher than the bus. Going across the entire road and I said I am gonna miss my phone call. I'm gonna lose my job But as we pulled up to those green bananas the bus driver hands us a piece of paper We walk around those green bananas get to the other side And there is a bus from the very same company where we give them that sheet of paper and we can travel on and get to our town (laughs) commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established So I get that call, I receive that job, and that is how I ended up here at Lovers Land United Methodist Church at Perkins School of Theology, where I would spend four amazing and wonderful years. And I came back and I told everyone I'm going into the ministry. So, what changed? What changed is what it took three years for Peter to discover. It took ten years for me to discover. And that is, Jesus can use someone like me. That was a hard one. Jesus can use someone like me. In studying this scripture, you know, there, the, 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 the theologians and writers kind of spend a lot of attention on this, this detail of Peter fishing naked and his vulnerability and things like that. But I found more symbolism in, in Peter diving into the sea. Because I, th- I think there's symbolism there of our, our baptism and what baptism means. Baptism means we get a, a new life. Baptism means we have been initiated into the family of God. Baptism means that we belong to God and we recognize that our God belongs to us. Baptism means we recognize that God has plans and purposes for our lives and makes that claim upon us. And in the, I've been in a new season in my life for the past... Eight months in this new job. And I find myself kind of exploring how is Jesus going to use me in this? And I am still feeling my way out. You know, Stan asked me yesterday about, you know, my vision, what we're going to be doing, and I'm still trying to figure that out. What is Jesus going to do with me in this new season? And I share that with you today because I imagine there's some people here that are also kind of entering into a new season in life. and may be asking the question also, how is Jesus going to use me in this new season? There may also be some persons in here that are asking, can Jesus use me? The word I keep going back to And the word I want to leave you with today is the word that the Lord gave a Peace Corps volunteer more than 20 years ago as he was exploring how will God use me? Can God use me? And that word is commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established.